2: The Right
3: Scotty's Morning
6: Show with
7: Matt
2: Man. See, I'm an amateur psychologist, a master of body
7: language. No, I'm not checking you out. Not like that anyway, but got a nice ass on you,
5: sir. Nine. Still kind
0: of sad I never got to attend a live WCW Thunder. Page.
5: I'm only kidding. Just busting ovaries. And Fat
3: boy.
1: Don't ask, don't tell is a pretty good policy. I have a similar one. I don't ask is I don't give a
3: guys every morning. 93 minute run all day.
7: It's funny you say that because uh I know someone who's going to be on American Pickers here soon. Do you? Yeah. Really? They're coming to Clemson. I'm not a, uh, this is not a joke. This is not a punchline for a sports joke like Somebody I know? Uh mutually perhaps. Oh, okay. Um somebody you like better? No, but I know him from church, but I think you've met him a couple times. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, so American Pickers is going to come back uh, to this area. I guess that they're coming to this area and they put out something on social media maybe saying, hey, you got a bunch of crap worth money? Yeah. We're coming through. And uh, I guess uh, his grandfather, great-grandfather, passed away years ago and they just got— uh, A bunch of Amico signs? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Probably. Um, You know what's weird about that is, like, with uh, American Pickers, it's like, do you ever think they show up to a house? Because, obviously, they don't just drive through America going up to strangers' houses. Obviously, it's, you know. Like, with war or TNC, Fat Boy the day before does a pre-interview. I think uh, the old girl on that show must call him up the day before and say, hey, look, when they get there, don't you show them any crap. Mm -hmm. You clean up a little bit. Like, you imagine going to one of those places to... You know, you knock on the door. Hey, I'm Frank, and he's uh, whatever, and uh, we buy things. Yes, we're junk men. And they open up the door, and it would like, like, how do they, how do they know it wasn't hoarders? Like, what if they got mixed up? And Danielle, that's her name. What if Danielle sent him to a, a hoarder's house? Oh, or man. does a call come in for American Pickers, and they're like, "Hello, American Pickers." They're like, "Hey, I got a house full of stuff." They're like, "Okay, send some photos." They get the photos. They forward that to the folks from the Hoarder Show and say, "Hey, I got one for you over here." Hey, extreme hoarders! Yes, this is for you, not us. Like when I, when I ride by, how, sometimes I think about this, especially on Christmas break. I watch some extreme hoarders. Yeah, uh-huh. I look at a house now, and I'm like, I can only imagine what's in that house because, or what could be. Well, the ones that I've seen of hoarders, yeah, the outside of the house. Many, many times, you haven't a, a clue as to what is going on inside that house as far as the hoarding and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll all start off very innocently. They're like, oh, you know, uh, my wife died and I just started putting stuff in that room. And then I started throwing, you know, like, remember that I told you about the lady? She started throwing her dirty diapers into her bathtub. Yep. Years later, they go in to get it all cleaned out. You yeah. can't open the door because of all the... Sure, it's, it's a mental deficiency or... or yeah, it is. I you mean, know. it certainly is. But you know, what's the difference? It's hoarders if it ain't worth anything. If if it's worth something, it's pickers. Yes.
0: Then it's the, these are. This is my antique collection. This <laughs> yeah. is my trash collection. Right. It is a
7: slightly slightly different thing. And and the fact that these people like you know they'll do it like intervention. They'll say, "I called you guys because my mom is dealing with blah 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 blah." And now I'm gonna let everybody know it. I'm going to let everybody know what's inside this house.
0: Well, the way they do the hoarding shows is awful because you have these people deal with some kind of mental illness, some kind of psychological trauma, various different complexes, conditions, and things, various things they probably should be diagnosed with. Yeah. But how do they do it? At first, you get to see the mess, and you get to see their family react to it and, and judge them and get angry or whatever and cry a bunch. And then they bring in a, a psychologist at yeah. some point to talk to them some, and then they... they the psychologist leaves again, and then they try to clean it up with their family, and they can't do it because they're suffering from mental illness. Yeah, so when the psychologist the comes back, and it's always the same damn thing. They say, "Hey,
7: you can have one box. You can put stuff in one box, and then meanwhile, you go over there, and it's like fifty boxes." Okay, Jeff, I told you you can only have one box. I'm not throwing away the used kitty litter. No, I told you, but like, I need to use kitty litter. And then they sit there and just. Rip these people apart, and like it's it is a mental illness. It is. It is one of the biggest ones. There was one that I watched one time where they got in there and started cleaning, and then all this, and they were in hazmat suits. They were from ServiceMaster. Yeah. They started cleaning, and one guy was checking something in the air. He's like, "We got to get out of here now! Out of here now! It's unsafe." You imagine, like somebody lived there up until the day before. Yeah. They got to get out because they, they it's unsafe to even breathe the air.
0: I saw one uh, extreme hoarders where a lady had. Uh... They had a dog in there, and the dog stayed in the house, but she had to live in a camper in the backyard because the house was so full of stuff that she couldn't get in and out of the house, really. But she has this little poodle dog that lives in the house, and it's pee-pad trained. So she's talking to the the clinical psychologist lady they bring in, uh, and she tells the doctor that the pee-pads, she gets them free from the funeral home because they're the blankets they transport the corpses on from the hospital morgue. So when they take the bodies from the morgue, the funeral home, they put them on these blankets, and then they give the blankets to this woman and her dog pees on them. God
7: bless. Yeah, it's just stuff like and, that. And but, she just left them all in there. But
0: this house was, I mean, there was no room to walk. and like You couldn't see the shape of any of the rooms or the shape of the house once you were inside. Like You couldn't tell living room from kitchen from bedroom because you couldn't see any of the furniture or any identifying features of any room. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, when I'm watching this, like, Where's the camera guy standing right now? What's he standing in? What's he standing on top of? Where's the audio people? Yeah, where where's the crew? Because there's gotta be a minimum of two or three people comprising a skeleton crew inside the house. Somebody with a camera, probably somebody with like a boom mic, oh, probably. Man. And then probably one other person doing something, maybe a couple people. So Where are, are they standing? Three to five people <laughs> are in this hoarder's house. So do they have to go in and clean out a corner? Or are they just, like, standing knee-deep in used cat litter? I don't know. I don't imagine they're knee-deep in cat litter. They're probably, like, they've cleaned out a spot.
7: That's the reality show I want to watch. I want to watch them, like, uh, you know, talking about going in there and what it looks like when they come out.
0: And then I want to see the reality show about them after they're done for the day. Like, when they go back to whatever hotel and bar and grill they're doing in Davenport, Iowa. They're not from there. They all flew in from California to do the show. I want to save my Davenport. So you spend all day out there at some hoarder's house, like, in just mess, filming it, acting like you're not there while they have these heartfelt, tearful conversations with brothers and sisters
7: and aunts and uncles and mamas and daddies and children. There's your haunted house right there. you got to get through the hoarder house.
0: I want to go watch the crew from hoarding shows go drink that away (laughs) afterwards. That's the reality show I want. Them setting up to shoot in this mess of hoarding, and then I want to watch them
7: go drown their sorrows after they're done. What if it's it's hoarder's Hoarders meets my six hundred pound life. Wow! You imagine, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because well, I've seen, I have flipped through that show before too. I think they're both on A and E, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or is it? Is it not ID?
0: I don't know. Man, a lot of them come Which on TLC.
7: Ever? They come so, yeah. on a bunch of different channels. TLC, TLC, is TLC is another one. Six hundred pound life is TLC. Uh-huh. Okay, that's it. Uh, they usually keep a a nice house. <laughs> they do. I mean, just you know, like you would think, vacuuming and cleaning would help get some of the calories off. But like there was some, uh, there was a, a woman there on there. people that big
0: ain't keeping the house; they got people doing it for. Them.
7: But they at least they, yeah, you know, you, they they keep up. You never see like uh, uh, on that show anyway. I've really I've watched two or three episodes, but boy, I, I just thought of another thing I saw on there. Have you seen the one? I don't know what the show is called, but there's this guy in India who has four legs and two of them are on his back. No, what? No, I haven't. He, dude, his he lives in India. And he has two legs coming out of his back, mm-hmm. so the shirts or the clothes obviously they have to be handmade. Uh-huh. There's like pants coming out of the back of his jacket because that's where his legs are. And they're, I think he's already had them taken off now. Uh, this so this is a doc series or whatever, but they're showing him get ready,
4: selling a little or a lot. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
3: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.
7: every day and i'm like boy that whole thing about everybody puts their pants on the same way is just not true anymore is it can't be not, yeah, not no. people like us. And you've him. never seen that i gotta I google it for you i don't know what show it is but it's on tlc or one of those
0: well, yeah you look for that I and mean, you know you made an interesting <laughs> point about the uh the, the hoarders and the 600 pound life people yeah man it i don't know i've seen some of each of those and they're not that different the hoarding is one thing. People eating that much food is, I mean, it's like a first cousin. You know what I mean? It's it's it oftentimes comes from the same thing. It's rooted in the same place. But it's very wow. The guy's wow. name. If, <laughs> oh my god. If, wow. If
7: you want to look it up on Google Image Search, his name is Arun. That's A R U N, and then Kumar. Yeah. Arun Kumar.
4: Yeah. Wow.
7: Wow. He literally. Arun, to ha- you. Yes, there's it's him holding up his. Now look there, you see the two legs coming out of his back. There's a photo. I, I can put this out. What the it's, hell? it's a picture of him holding up his pants with four legs, and then you see the two legs coming out of his butt. There's like some kind of conjoined twin thing, sorta. Of? You know, I don't know. You know, I don't know. That's a that's a good. Uh, but he's got two extra legs coming out of his butt. Bizarre. His back.
0: Very very bizarre. But no, I've. I've uh... I've I'll seen some on. of those some of those really, really big people lose a lot of weight, like the 600, 700, 800-pound people. Yeah. And they don't wind up hooked on pain pills because they're not eating a lot, so they wind up with a different addiction. They wind up drinking or taking a bunch of pills. And a lot of hoarders are, are alcoholics or they, they, they're uh, recovering alcoholics, and there's yeah. always that danger they might relapse if they're not hoarding because you've traded one addiction for another, be it food or booze or drugs or hoarding stuff or whatever.
1: Autumn and I were watching it last night. Alti Yeah, we were watching a series of them before we started watching Happy Death Day, which is great. And uh, I felt so bad because we were eating dinner. While we were watching this, and these people are going through the diets, but at the same time, I mean, we're eating healthy. When you're sitting over there watching Family by the Ton? Yes. Okay. That's, That's a yes. show.
0: Yeah, it's about these cousins in Atlanta, and the three of them together weigh 2,000 pounds.
1: I looked at her, and I was like, I feel bad right now <laughs> for eating this.
0: Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I was sitting there <laughs> eating lunch yesterday, and I saw a dude break his uh, break his hospital bed. Yes, yeah, it was on My 600 hundred pound Life or something.
1: Was, yeah, the, I was eating
0: I was eating lunch, and they're they're driving a guy from Rhode Island to Houston, and he weighs about 700 pounds, God. and uh, they, they hit a bump in the road. It's the
1: brothers, right? Yeah, the Asante brothers. That's right, yeah. So
0: they're, they're driving one of them from Rhode Island to Houston, and they hit a bump in the road, and the metal frame of the hospital bed snapped because they he hit kept- a bump, and this dude is so big, the bed broke. And then they had to— to fix up the bed and shore it up with a bunch of cinder blocks and
1: wood. And they would stop like every hour to get something to eat, and then he would make his dad feel bad. Something happens to me. Yeah. What if they
7: help these people after the cameras are done? Well, this guy Never was in off.
1: real bad shape. I mean, he
0: got kicked out of every treatment center and hospital he went to for just mm-hmm. being a really abusive, like yelling, cussing the staff and all the nurses and stuff. So he kept getting kicked out of places, but he was like 800 pounds eating and like candy too. So he's like 800 pounds with a real Trick bad or treat.
7: problem. Let me ask you this. Uh, obviously with, I not want to say overpopulation, but with more people and, and more cameras and more blah, 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 Back in the day, were there ever 700-pound people? I don't know that there could have been.
1: You don't hear of any. Hell things, no. Not even are, in the
7: circus. <laughs> well, the things we do to
0: sustain the life of somebody who's that big, you couldn't have done 100 years ago. But I don't think there was enough
7: food. I don't think people mm. back in the 1800s, 1900s, the beginning of, I don't think they had the food to sit there and eat 700 pounds worth. Again,
0: you can't sustain the life of somebody that big. And you can't make yeah. them that big and let alone <laughs> sustain them. Like if somebody got that big from eating all the food. Yeah. They would have been dead because there wouldn't have been enough medicine available for congestive heart
7: failure, and et et cetera. Truthfully, we we would have been overeaters then, and we also would have been hoarders then had we Mm. had the availability. We didn't have the food. We didn't have the stuff to hoard.
3: The Rise Guys Morning Show.
7: My dearest Rise Guys, I've listened for many years. I've called in several times. This time, though, this proud P1 needs to remain anonymous, and I need some real good advice from you and the family. Am I making a big deal out of this? My son's high school coach gave him and his friends non-alcoholic beers on New Year's Eve. And I just found this out. I don't have Instagram, but I saw my son's Instagram page where he was showing his hand holding O'Doul bottles, the non-alcoholic beer. She pointed that out. Oh, of course. Of course. This is how we know what that is. I asked my son immediately where he got it. His response, his baseball coach it wasn't his head coach. It was the assistant. I told the head coach this, and he actually defended his assistant. He said that we should be happy that his assistant coach was promoting non-alcoholic beverages to our son. I was floored. I think this is weird. I'm a single mom, so I really have no one to talk to about this and don't want to say anything to my sisters. (laughs) Am I making a big deal out of this? I was wondering if I need to get the school board and athletic director involved because I feel like this is a very inappropriate situation to put minors in. Do I get the school board involved, or is it not that big of a deal, and I'm making a big deal out of it? And then, as I said, she wants to be anonymous. So, I don't know. Exa- I know the kids in high school. Don't know, you know, freshman, sophomore, whatever. But the assistant coach gave them non-alcoholic. not non-alcoholic, I can't even say it. It's such an awful thing, non-alcoholic beer. It's like sugar-free candy bars. Who wants them? Nobody. You know, I mean, diabetics do. Yeah. I'm one of them. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying here? Like, okay, um, as a as a parent of a high school kid, I, man, I don't know how I'd react to this. I, you know, no. yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I would say, you know what? That's a decision I need to make with my kid. If I want her to have non-alcoholic beer, that's something that I introduce, not you. I think that's the the the, the correct thing to say. I mean, you're there to teach and go. Well, just it, just this teach was at go. some kind of... Uh, I'm reading into this because I replied and I ain't got a re- reply back from her, but mm-hmm. apparently this was like at the assistant coach's house. I'm I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. That, why should I assume that? I don't yeah.
0: know. I mean, I don't know. Coaches get in trouble for stuff all the time. I don't think you brought beer to practice or the batting yeah. cages. That um, wouldn't
5: be appropriate. Yeah, I'd go I, to the batting cage. The thing
0: that, that gets me about it is, you know, the kid obviously didn't say anything about it because no. he didn't think his mom would like it much.
7: And already people in the text line are saying she should be more invo- involved in his life and not find out about it three weeks later. But she don't have Instagram. So why does he feel the need to not say anything about it? You know what I mean? <clears throat> would you, though? Like, would you come home and say, hey, guess what Coach uh, Allenberg gave us? Well, gave yeah, us some non-alcoholic mm-hmm. beer.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it wouldn't have been nothing my mama didn't do herself, uh- you know? Well, non-alcoholic, she wouldn't do.
1: She'd give you the real thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why would you do it if you're a teacher? You see the climate we're in, the stuff that teachers do and get in trouble. Wouldn't you want to just go do your job and leave? Yeah. (laughs) And not even mess with giving kids anything extra?
0: I wouldn't want to talk to them outside the school, man.
7: No. An assistant coach is probably close (laughs) to their age. I mean, I remember all our assistant coaches were, you know, close to being out of college if they had went. That's the other
1: thing. You got kids teaching kids for the most part. Then when they get old enough to and wisen up, they'll learn, hey, we're not making enough money. They don't teach anymore.
7: Well, I want to point out that uh I was never given any kind of alcohol or tobacco or anything from any of my football coaches. Is that true, Jeff? I have no idea. Oh, it's totally true. Never. And and certainly no performance enhancing drugs. I mean, you could tell. People are texting
0: in, you gotta show ID to buy it. <laughs> You gotta. Oh, you do. That's what they're saying. Um, So there's got a little bit of alcohol in it. it? Yeah, it's not
1: alcohol-free. There's you go, I'm I'm a beer salesman,
0: and you have to be 21 to purchase. Uh, That's on the CarolinaVaporMill.com text line seven two three four one. Page.
5: Like that, you know, you've gone to things when you were kids, and they give you the sparkling cider to celebrate with. But Mm -hmm. that you buy that in a different department, but it's still the same thing.
7: Not true. I think. I think you can go in. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think you can go to uh, Ingalls or wherever and buy the Welch's sparkling grape. Yeah. And it's in a wine, a uh, champagne looking bottle.
1: If you needed a think, ride at home from practice, I've
7: seen it. Well,
1: Coach Burgess would take you home. You know, he'd give you a ride. I don't think you could do that now. Would you want to? No.
7: I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't want to have any kind of liability. I would never go, well, like when they were changing, I would stay in my office. I would never just meander around through the hallways. I would never make, I would always look them in the eye. I'm telling you, any kind of public service kind of oriented job right now, right, you got to watch your back more than ever. I'd hate to drive around one of them things that says, how's my driving? Got the code on? Oh, my God. Not you worth. make a misstep, people are going to be all pissed at the world. Oh, he cut me off. I'm going to get his job. I want him to lose his job.
1: The driver's ed teacher, would, whenever he took a girl, would take a boy with him. You know, So I don't know how you do that now. Do you have to have a car full of four or five people just to make sure? Depends on how they identify.
0: Maybe I don't. Know. I mean, it's now. How many parents are guilty of doing the same sort of thing? Because if I, I mean, I just have an issue with going and and trying to get somebody in a whole lot of trouble. Yeah. If parents themselves do this, and and so I mean, you know what I mean. I know it's not your place, but how much trouble is too much trouble? Is the thing like how? Like what is? What is an appropriate response? Because you want somebody like. Out of a job or like in some real
7: trouble potentially. I mean, how much is like what's appropriate? It becomes territorial. It's like like I said, that's my decision to make. That's my kid. You know, he's overstepped his boundaries. Sure, I'd let him do it, but that's my kid. Yeah,
0: but the crime itself. The reason I say that is because the the, like any sort of crime that may have taken place is a crime that plenty of parents commit. Sure, regularly, all the time. Not all parents, but. Plenty of them, plenty often enough. Oh,
7: that, yeah.
0: You know, the, the punishment has to fit the crime. And, it, it, you know, if it's a crime, it's a crime. So it's kind of okay for parents to do
7: it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is what I told her back, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but I basically told her like three times in the email she asked that she should be mad about this. And I think if you ever have to ask that, you're not. You'd start arguing principle of it.
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
7: I'm not mad, but society and everybody around me tells me that I should be upset about this. So I guess I'm upset. That's what happens. I, hell, I do that. Peer pressure pissed. I get right. that a lot. Oh yeah. If my friends are pissed at somebody, and they tell me, and it's good enough reason, I'm pissed at them too.
5: And you don't want it's awful, ain't it? You don't want to say now that you tried your first little beer, beer. You you're not going to start drinking beer. That's what right. you tell your kid. That's what right. you're
0: saying, Matt, is that maybe we could just start stirring the pot, and then hand you the spoon and go watch TV for a little well, bit. If you're stirring <laughs> it, I'd be surprised.
5: <laughs>
1: I mean, you can't, you know, as a teacher or a coach, kind of promote that lifestyle it's a
7: ridiculous decision to make as a coach well yeah even if you're just like i think now the times have changed i think now to be a football coach you also have to be a teacher there at the school maybe i'm wrong i I thought that was an instituted thing where they could because one of our assistant coaches was not on the faculty We had one like that too yeah he was just the strength and remember uh Crosley, right? Coach Marty Crosley. I loved Crosley. him, man. He was a freaking hoss.
0: I guess being that it's a baseball coach, you know, like, what, 25 years ago they'd been giving him dip, and it would have been fine, especially in baseball, especially in baseball.
1: Yeah. You yeah, ever saw some of that? Yeah. It, it been just, had,
7: all my coaches dipped. It
0: would have been absolutely fine.
7: <laughs> you them. run out.
0: <laughs> hey, coach. Hey, coach,
7: let me, let me no hog. You don't want none of mine. I recycle. That's what everybody uh, always says.
0: And then there's a, a, a text here. I think this might be pretty easy to answer. Uh, the bigger question is why is a high school coach slash teacher partying with kids on New Year's Eve? Uh, maybe some kind of baseball team event or something. Exactly. Baseball team New Year's Eve party I've, or something. I've partied and, with,
7: uh, the, you know, church youth leaders before. You'd have New some
0: chaperones from
7: coaches probably be about for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that. But the, the bad decision. But I think what you do in, uh, is how you handle it with your kid. I don't think you'd go and get that guy his job.
0: Talk, like, I don't know. You talk to him personally?
7: Yeah. Maybe she has, too. I, I would hope that she's talked to her kid before she emailed us.
0: Hopefully, yeah. But I mean, talk to the coach, maybe, personally.
1: You got to start there, at least.
0: Like, talk to that assistant coach, not the head coach or the, the, the athletic director, right? I don't remember if she said you talked to him
7: or not. No, yeah. she said that... Uh, Asked him where he got it. I told the head coach. No, she told the head coach. Oh, and he okay. defended the assistant. He said we should be happy that he wasn't promoting or that he was promoting non-alcoholic drinks.
0: Yeah. She was
7: floored, but then goes on to w- wants to know if she's making a big deal out of it. If he got drunk or, I mean, obviously you could if you drank enough of them, I guess, and you had
1: no tolerance. If it's your kid and you're not happy, you're not making a big deal out of it. Now You can call it overprotective or whatever, but you're still, you know, Making sure you're clearing all the hurdles. It's like sometimes when I have people to call and say, my kids getting bullied, I don't really know who to talk to. I talk to everybody. I'd have the cops involved too. I'd bring everybody in because you know that's your
7: kid. So you would get you would go the route of getting them in trouble or or. It, it,
1: oh yeah, I talk to the coach first and say, look, this you can't promote this kind of lifestyle with these kids.
7: And for everybody asking, I don't know what high school it was. I'm sure as hell wouldn't say because I don't want the meetings.
0: That takes a toll on the kid in that situation. If it becomes a real big deal and there's all kind of authority figures and all kind of people, if it becomes a big deal, it takes a much heavier toll on the kid that way too.
1: Like Hopefully he'll get the message.
0: There's a much bigger price on the back end of that. So, I mean, what, what are you what
7: are you doing to, to, to your kid potentially to teach this other guy a lesson? You know what I mean? But being a, you know, this is going to sound ridiculous, but being mm-hmm. a coach is so much more than being a teacher. And I know teachers are going to hate me for saying that. But, like, I feel like the coaches out there, you've got to, you know, maybe I am wrong, but you're leading them. You you want them to win. The teachers are leading them to try to get them to have good grades and stuff. But with the coaches, like, I I literally learned so much from Coach Jeff Neal, your daddy, not you. Uh-huh. And uh, Coach Roger mm-hmm. Hayes. I, I learned so, and a lot of that was about being a man, and it wasn't where they overstepped their boundaries or, you know, did that. I mean, I could, if I had a dollar every time I heard Jeff's daddy fart, I'd have a million bucks. He would <laughs> fart for me, no big deal. I'd fart right back.
1: That's how you learn
7: the so snap. two way street. It was the snap count.
1: Yep. <laughs> man, go on the second fart.
7: 40 base, cover three. Ready? That's the way we <laughs> called him. But I, but it, you kind of look to that almost like you look to uh, at least young men, and I, I would imagine young women would look the same way to baseball coaches or uh, mm-hmm.
1: cheerleader sponsors. But I wonder how much you do as a coach. <laughs> like you don't go out of the way, right? Because you know some coaches knew about some kind of parties that were going on back in the day after the games, but you couldn't, you know, take it upon yourself to be a parent too.
7: Yeah. It's a different world. I wouldn't want to be a teacher or any none of that. What? I mean, because they don't get paid anything. And why would you want? No, them? because of all the li- liabilities yeah. all the okay. time. I mean, you look at a kid wrong now, and it's like, what did that mean? Nothing. I was looking at you weird hair. You obviously okay. want to be a distraction walking in here with that thing.
3: The Rise Guys Morning Show.
0: Can I share a text with you, Matthew? Yeah, as always, it comes from the CarolinaVaporMill dot com text line seven two three four one. Uh, what the blank do you do if your husband calls the cops on your own kid? Um, I responded to this message just now and said, is that something you want to come on and talk about? Yeah. And the reply is, uh, can't, kind of dealing with some bull blank right now. Thanks, though. So I guess this is happening right now.
7: That was the wife? Apparently, yeah. And the, the husband caught it on the son?
0: Yeah. Wow. Apparently, I, I don't want details. Know. I want more details, but obviously if it's happening right now, she can't call
7: up and Jeff turn and, our scanner on so we can listen in and see what's happening
0: dealing with, some
3: bull,
1: dealing with some bull
0: blank. yeah I guess by dealing with some bull blank that's that's going on right now
7: that the, the Did you work at Ted Garrison the husband called the cops <laughs> on the sun you know I learned that about when Grace turned about 10 or 11 12 years old to quit saying my kid gives me no problems my kid gives me no problems like I would say that all the time and you know yeah, the problems that I have now are, are just your usually your typical teenage problems, but prior to that, you know, it was, uh, man, this is going to be the perfect kid. This is going to be so easy. But my point here is that I couldn't see it getting to that point, but that'd be the hardest thing to do. Like, to call the cops on your own kid, the only reason you do it, to, to, that I would do it is fear for my own life. You know, like if she had a gun on me, you know, and I didn't have mine available, well, well I would draw on her, she'd draw on me. What are you kidding me? I'm just gonna sit there and take it? We'll go out in the front yard, she goes ten paces one way, I go to the other side, and then we turn around. Draw. Yeah, I mean look, look, if we're the gays, you're gonna be Marvin.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Can I be Tammy?
7: <laughs> no. So uh so you you're doing it for your safety or their safety. Like they are an addict or something and they're out of control and and you know, or they whatever. But only for those two reasons. That's got to be so tough to do. Only for, it ain't your first go around with problems, certainly.
0: Oh, but it's a matter of personal... You're not well, talking yeah. about like, they stole about uh, $5 out of my wallet.
7: You know, right? it's got to be like, something bad is definitely going to happen most likely. And like, then, if they're stealing your medicine or they're stealing from you constantly or, you know, any, I mean, anything like that, that would still be tough to do. Yes. Because as a parent, it's like... When one was your emergency, I need you to come arrest my child. What I mean, God bless you if you've had to do it, but boy, oh boy,
5: that's a hard decision.
1: There, there's another end, you know, where it gets abused too. Like, I got the cops called on me growing up a few times by your mom or dad? just for stupid stuff. Who was it, Big Mama? Yeah, what was the first call? For well, I mean, that was like that was the mediation, you know,
5: scared call great. the cop
1: out, you know, he's cussing at me or this, that, or the other. Yeah, it was always something petty. You know, here comes a cop. And it's kind of embarrassing, you know, even as a young kid, knowing I was gonna be a future somewhat local talent. You have to do pretrial? <laughs> no, nah, it never got that far, oh. you know. It was always it was always that was the mediation, a cop. Thanks to pretrial intervention, I can play in the XFL.
0: I thought you meant to say <laughs> uh, future local somewhat talent, by the way.
1: Boom! I believe that's exactly what it said. <laughs> You're all the way local.
0: You're all the way local.
7: <laughs> what was the second time? What was the other? I mean, thing? it was.
1: Uh, it was always a variation of you know, uh, one on
7: one time is he's not doing what I told him to do. You know, so it's not really anything that like you can't look at it and say I would have done the same.
1: It was nothing to warrant having a cop in the situation at
7: all. Yeah, it's was a waste of time.
5: So you were never out of control. You are never a truant. You were never a delinquent.
7: Uh, what's your? What was the thing you got in trouble for? The, the big crescendo. You got in trouble for as a child, fat boy. See? The big thing. I,
1: I mean, it was probably the pot situation. Yeah. When I was twelve. Because you didn't share. Well, the neighbor forced me to smoke it. That's when I didn't know how to smoke a bowl, and I blew it out instead of in. Oh,
7: and it went everywhere. It
1: was like a, you know a dandelion. It was pot yeah, flying then, all over the air. And
7: then you got <laughs> busted. Yeah, it's more sucking than uh, than smoking.
1: Yeah. So it was Uh-oh. like you know, well, you were doing this. My, like, well, I was coerced. You know, sure, peer pressure. It wasn't like I was you know the Marrakech express here. I'm not choking up the pot fields so <laughs> to everybody come join. Oh
7: my god. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, God, I want to know, I would love it. By the way, there's several other people are texting in. They had their parents call the cops on them. If you can, you can be 100%, 1,000% anonymous. I'd like to know what it was. If you are uh, comfortable with telling us a story, 1-800-774-0093, one 774 Why'd your parents call the cops on you? That's, that, to me, my Lord. And I bet you, I just bet you most of them's going to be like Fat Boy, where they just like, it was something that just broke the straw, broke the camel's back, and then it's like, okay, I'm just going to call the law.
0: My mama threatened to one time, but she didn't actually do it, but she threatened to.
7: Really? On the phone
0: with me. I was driving down the road when she threatened to call the cops on me. Yeah? I had been to, man, I was like 18 or so, and this was, I don't know, less than a year after my dad died. So I'd been to some show at Ground Zero or somewhere, I think Ground Zero, I don't remember who I'd seen or whatever, but it was real late and I was driving home and my mom was real worried about me. She calls me up, I'm just having fun, just hanging out, I'm not impaired, I'm not on anything, I'm just a kid having a good time. But she's all worried and freaking out and saying she's going to call the cops on me if I don't come home. Because, it, you know, well, I'm in her car, so that that, that was part of it. But she didn't need the car or want the car back. She just wanted me to come home because she was just convinced that something was going to happen and I was going to die if I didn't go home right away.
7: But didn't really do it, though.
0: Then she didn't call the cops on me.
7: The only thing I ever remember like that, aside from my real arrest in high school, was when uh, we lived at Poe Mill and I'd gotten in trouble for something. And I said, I'm going to call the, because I'd gotten a spanking. I said, I'm going to call the cops on you. I said that to my mama. And Mm -hmm. she picked up the phone and dialed the number and handed it to me. And I was like, well, you must not really want me to. I mean, you you must not care if I call. So I quickly hung up and they called back. Is everything okay? And I was oh, like, no. yeah, I'm fine. I just, I can't watch Fraggle Rock Saturday, damn it. <laughs> yeah, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, but I, no, I never, I had the cops called on me, but my parents didn't call me. Okay. <laughs> that's Different thing. They I've came and pick me up.
1: Cop called parents to come get me. You know, that sucked too. A cop called
7: a parent?
1: We we were having a house party. You know, we were underage drinking. Okay, shouldn't do it. So one of our buddies, (laughs) who will... uh, Love
7: your lesson for the
1: kids. One of our buddies, who will remain nameless, Jeff Stockton, (laughs) walked outside and got, I guess, called by a cop and kind of squilled on us. So we all got hauled back to the station, and we had to call our parents. At that time, I was living with my dad. My grandma said to call her to come get me. And that that was tough, too. What she did. Oh, she bitched me out the whole way home. Yeah. Then my dad, you know, being drunk like he was, told me he's going to, you know, break my arm.
5: <laughs> Good Lord.
1: Okay, let's
7: go
5: <laughs> to... These are
7: extreme.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, they are.
5: Same.
7: Let's go to Eli in Spartanburg. Spartanburg, South Carolina, on line four. Hey, Eli.
6: Well, I was just going to comment about the calling of cops on your uh, kids type of thing. That yes. other week, actually, that did happen in my family. And, uh... There's, there's, there's like a, a standard, I guess.
7: Um, what, what, what did your, your, your what brother or sister do that your parents called? My, my on? little
6: brother was called. Call the, had the cops calling him for being very verbally and physically abusive to my parents. And uh, there's people don't think that the kids are always the problem the whole time that the parents might be the problem. But sometimes there is something that could be wrong with the kid and men, mentally and
7: everything, you know. Oh sure. Oh sure. <laughs> Now, you said he was physically abusive to your parents? Yes, sir. Golly bum. And what happened with the cops? Like, is he, is he still in jail or is he out now?
6: Uh, actually, the cops, they just came over and told us to get a detention order, which basically means that like, they'll put him in the hospital for a couple of days and like reevaluate their brain and everything, do a couple of tests on him and whatnot. <laughs> <I
7: don't
6: laughs> like, and then that's basically what they told us and they drove away. So. Okay.
7: <laughs> All right. Well, Eli, uh, watch out for that brother of yours, okay, sir? <laughs> Yeah, well do right, see man. I
1: think it was him. I think he was the brother I'm, I'm calling him half of <laughs> He has no siblings.
5: my mom, being a single parent, never called the cops on my brother because he was the bad one in the neighborhood. and everybody complained about my brother and called the cops on him um, on, on a regular basis because he had two motorcycles, and our house was always the party house. So, God Yes. <laughs> stay
7: away from the chili man, yeah. I want to look at photo albums after the show page. <laughs> Um. <laughs> alright this guy's grandma called the cops on him Tony's in Pelzer. hey Tony hey hey what'd your grandma why'd you, what'd you do to make your grandma call the cops
6: Uh, me and my cousin we was about 7 or 8 we was walking around the woods and come up behind this man's house and found a little yz 80 dirt bike sitting in the back of his garage mm-hmm. so uh, we pushed it down to my grandmother's house and told her we found it on the side of a dirt road and she called the Detectives down there, and we had to go make up a place and show them where we found it.
7: And w- what happened? Did you get to keep the bike, or they realized it was stolen?
6: Well, it, it eventually come out that we took it from the old man's garage, and we had to take it back. And he told us, he said, "If y'all to ask for it, we'd let you keep it."
7: Oh God, that's not you so hate when people are so nice when they do that He's crap? That's, that's the water. worst. Damn it! Damn but it. it's the best. Yeah. That's All right, Tony. Worst. Take a look, guys. Have a good right. morning.
1: Have a good I would have rode it right in front of you. So oh, look <laughs> at me on my dirt bike. You don't have one, you think. Yeah,
7: this is the place right here on this dirt road.
1: You know, he wouldn't have told them they could have it. If they would have walked up to him and said, hey, can we get that dirt bike? You know, beat it. You know, there's
7: always that nice guy. It's like, well, kids, you could have had it if you just asked.
0: No, you couldn't no, have. No, you, you would not. You're only saying that after the fact because you're being mean.
6: Hit the All bricks, right. Junior. Uh, I just want to call up and say this, just show this and kick ass, keep up the good work. I don't know what I'd do without listening to y'all show every day. I'd be bored as hell.
2: Why? 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 If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why?